A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nasty Woman Club, the catch up. Your weekly catch up on news, issues, and events in the world of intersectional feminism. I am the Nasty Woman Club founder, host, journalist, Demi Lynch, and I'll be in your ears for the duration of this episode. Last week, I dedicated the show to toxicity, and that was a big hit. (laughs) So I think for now on, with the catch-up, I'm going to dedicate episodes to a particular theme while still discussing topics about intersectional feminism. So this week on the show, it's going to be all about tone-deaf trends. Trends that just need to go in the trash already. On today's episode, I'll be going on a good old rant about gender reveal parties, or as I like to call them, genitalia reveal parties. Why are people still having them? And when will this god-awful trend finally be put to rest? I'll also be speaking with plus-size model and writer Lacey Jade Christie about another trend that is, in fact, very harmful for those with marginalized bodies. Yes, it's the before and after photo trend that you've probably seen on your Instagram. It's where people post flattering photos of themselves in their before shots. And then they take a second photo, which is meant to be five minutes later, and they exaggerate their roles and make it seem like this is their unflattering photo. But for people out there that are plus size, that have marginalized bodies, we don't get that before photo. The after photo is us always. So yes, her and I did a deep dive into this trend, and we looked at how or if this trend is actually helpful or harmful to the body positive movement. But first on the show, I want to talk to you all about a Instagram post I put up this week on the Nasty Woman Club Instagram page. And it is all about gaining weight during a global pandemic. And as always, I always have a lot to say. So To give a bit of backstory about this post before I go into a deep dive of it, the reason why I wanted to put it up is because for the past six months, or however long this pandemic has been going for, I've been seeing ads, gym signs about COVID weight, about losing COVID weight, and It's honestly has become a trend. It's become a trend that we need to lose the weight we gained through COVID. It's such a bad, horrible, negative thing. And I'm getting fucking tired of it. Like, I remember, it was a couple of months ago, a gym, actually, I used to go to. It was on, it's in Tweed Coast. And they put up a sign. I don't think, I don't remember the exactly how they worded it they're basically saying like you know just because it's COVID-19 doesn't mean you should get fat or something along those lines it was very very fat phobic and yeah it's just become this trend to laugh at the fact that oh during COVID-19 I've gained so much weight or oh it's the pandemic oh my god I'm so big it's just become this trend to mock it in a sense and I do it too like I have made fun of the fact 
to other people on the internet, even on in the Instagram page, the Nasty Woman Club, I've, you know, made fun of the fact that I've gained a lot of weight during COVID. But I'm getting kind of tired of this trend of making fun of the fact that people are gaining weight during a pandemic. Because yes, I know it's not the worst thing in the world that could be happening to someone right now. I mean, you could be losing a loved one to coronavirus. You could be contracting coronavirus. You could be stranded away from all your loved ones due to border closures. But we really shouldn't be making fun of the fact that people are gaining weight during this difficult time because gaining weight is shit. (laughs) That's what I wanted to talk about and that's why I wanted to post what I posted because I didn't want to twist it around and make it into some positive thing like, oh, I gained weight, but it's okay. I'm going to go on a diet and lose weight tomorrow. Or it's okay. I still love myself. It's just, it sometimes is a reflection of your mental health. Now, that's not at all me saying like when you gain weight, that means you must be feeling like shit. Not at all. Last year, I put on weight and I was the happiest I've ever been in my life, ever. However, right now, during 2020, during a global pandemic, I've put on minimum 10 kilos and I'm happy, but I am suffering right now. My mental health is just, it's just gone to shit. It honestly has gone to shit. It's just like a roller coaster. It just, it just goes up and down every single day. And my weight has been a reflection of that. And last year when I put on weight, I was feeling very positive about my body and I was still very happy with how my body looked despite putting on weight from the previous year but right now it seems different I think because as well my mental health is suffering and the consequences you get from gaining weight it's then makes your mental health even worse so there's just a continuous cycle of that and that is why I'm really getting sick and tired of the jokes becoming a trend about gaining weight during COVID and how it's funny. It's so funny. Oh my God. So funny. So hilarious for you to possibly look like me. Gosh. (laughs) Like that's what I was essentially saying. Like I see people, I see and hear people that are thin and they laugh at the idea of possibly looking fat. But it's just like, I'm fat. So, you you know, you cannot bear to look like me. God, God forbid, God forbid that. (laughs) Um, I'm going to read a bit of what I said on the Instagram post. For those that didn't see it, um, feel free to just go to the Nasty Woman Club Instagram page and have a bit of a read of it. A lot of people have connected with that post and have messaged me and commented, which I'm so, 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 so thankful for because it makes me feel less alone. But um, I'll read a bit of it, a bit of what I said on that post. I said... I really do hate that I've put on weight. I know it's a result of my mental health suffering, but it doesn't help that my clothes no longer fit me. Normally deciding what to wear for the day is based on the weather, the occasion, or what kind of style I'm feeling. Now it's just debating whether the bra I choose will gather up in my back rolls, or whether the shirt will fit around my chest, or the dress I choose is too short and will now show my bum. Every time I go to my wardrobe, I feel like such... A disappointment in myself. I often think to myself, you're already fat. How could you possibly get yourself any fatter? I'm worried I'm, go- I'm worried I'm going to buy myself 
bigger size clothes and underwear that honestly I cannot afford that'll that'll probably fit me now that I'm worried that they will no longer fit me six months later because that's the thing how am I supposed to know in six months time if I'm going to get any fatter how am I supposed to know if my mental health is going to get any better like I just don't know I really really hope it doesn't get any worse but I just don't know and that is one of the consequences of gaining weight and it does impact your mental health a lot and people don't speak about it enough is the fact that when your clothes no longer fit you and I mean nothing in your wardrobe fits you even down to your fucking underwear that ruins you that so ruins you when your clothes no longer fit you it's just like when they when you notice a few items of clothing no longer fitting you you think like oh maybe the dryer must have shrunken it or maybe I'm just a bit bloated today oh maybe this is just a bit of old clothing maybe I should get rid of it and then you notice more and more clothing items not fitting you being a bit tight on the arms on the belly even even fucking rings have become tightened on my fingers because my fingers have gotten fatter it sucks it really sucks and this is not me at all saying like this is the worst problem in the world god no it's not it's just (sighs) it's just me saying that I'm really sick and tired of people laughing at the fact that people have gained weight during COVID and it's so funny and it's an easy quick fix but it's not when you gain weight and you can't find your clothes you feel like a piece of shit (laughs) like I often now just walk around the house in these big baggy shirts that I've brought that I've bought offline three sizes too big because my other stuff doesn't fit me anymore and then as I've gained more weight those big baggy shirts are now just a normal shirt right now it feels like shit it feels so shit I really realized that I was having a real problem with my weight gain when I realize most of my underwear doesn't fit me anymore like it just comes in at my upper thigh like say like with the like say the vagina level pretty much at my vagina level it gets it like sinks in there really really hard and like you feel like you're just gonna like cut circulation there and a lot of my underwear was doing that and I'm just like I so I so then I had like probably three pairs of underwear that fit but how does that work with the week? And how does that work when I want to go out? Like, I sometimes go through two pairs of underwear a day because I just don't... I, too much information, sorry. I don't like feeling sweaty. I get sweaty really easily, so I change my underwear probably twice a day just so it's all fresh down there. And I don't. I get really self-conscious if it's going to smell down there. I know no one else probably can, but I just get self-conscious about it, if I'm being completely honest. So I normally switch it out twice a day. So when I no longer have underwear that fit me anymore, and I only have three pairs of underwear that couldn't actually fit me and be comfortable, it makes me feel like shit. (laughs) It makes me feel so shit because then I'm forced to wear underwear that doesn't fit me and I'm constantly fidgeting with it throughout the day or it like, like whenever I lean over, the underwear rolls under my fat, my, my belly roll. It feels shit. And I know people then say, oh, just buy new underwear. Have you ever tried to buy plus-size underwear? That shit's expensive. Probably 95% of stores in, like, any general shopping center, any Westfield, doesn't have my underwear size. And if they do, it's probably very, very, very expensive. Like, 
30, 40 bucks for one underwear, for one piece of underwear. And like I said, I like to go through probably two pairs of underwear a day just to keep fresh down there. Yet, how the fuck am I supposed to spend now over a couple hundred bucks just on fucking underwear when I don't even have clothes that now even fit, fit me? <sighs> I think that's definitely impacted my mental health, even though it's a result of my mental health deteriorating, which is very sad. It's like this continuous cycle. So anyway, that was that was happening for a good month. My underwear not fitting me, and I'm just upset every single time I'm trying to get ready to go out, which isn't often, but when I do, and nothing fits me. And, oh, I'm going to everything about this. Um, so I told my partner, because he had no idea, and I told him, and he bought me underwear. We went to Kmart. Now, this is not a sponsor for Kmart, although Kmart people, anyone from Kmart, if you're listening, I will happily, I will happily sponsor you guys after my experience I have. Like, please, yes, calling out all Kmart people. Um, so we went to, we went on a Kmart run and, you know, when you go to Kmart, you don't know what you want. Kmart just tells you what you want, <laughs> tells you what you, what you want, what you need. That's pretty much what we did. Um... And my partner said, like, didn't you say, like, you, you need more underwear? And I said, like, no, 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 babe. No, no, I need to be careful with money. I need to save some money. And he's like, no, no, I'll buy you some. And I was like, aw. And I said, like, that's really sweet, but I don't really think anything's going to fit me here. And I said to him, look, normally I'm a 2022, but honestly, at the moment, I could be a 24 right now or 26 right now. I don't know. Like, it's just how the sizing works in stores. It's just all over the place. And he's like, like no problem, no problem. And... Yeah, he was going through the whole underwear section with me, looking at the very back, trying to, like, find sizes that would fit me. And it was nice for him to realize how hard it is to find something that fits me. Like, he would find these cute bras, cute undies, and be like, oh my god, that's so cute, babe, that looks so hot on you. And then he'd find them and be like, oh, why is there no sizing? That's stupid. Why? That's just stupid. We would have bought these. It's just like, yes, you get it. But we did find, we did find some underwear. Thank the Lord. And yes, it was so nice to see that there was actually underwear in my size, and I was able to get these gorgeous, these gorgeous pairs of panties in my size, and when I tried them on, they they fit, and they were stretchy, they were comfy, I got a 24, because I wanted them to just be super, super comfy, and my partner was just like, show me, show me, show me, and he got all excited when I showed him, and oh, it was just, I had like tears in my eyes, and I just, I said thank you to him probably 20 times throughout that night, just saying, Honestly, babe, thank you so much for buying me underwear. I, cause I, cause I'm trying to save money at the moment because I don't know what's happening work-wise in the next month or so. So I'm just, I'm just working on saving money. And he knew that I, I would feel guilty if I bought myself underwear, which sounds really sad. I would feel guilty because I would think like, fuck, I don't. What if I don't have enough money next month? I don't know what's happening, so I'm just gonna keep save, save, save. So he decided to buy me underwear, and it was just so beautiful, and it was just so, I was just so appreciative of it, because I was just like, yes, I could wear pants enough to wear about my underwear, probably, I can, oh my god, I could wear underwear, it's comfy, it's just, <sighs> it was, it was just, oh, it was so freaking nice, and, um, oh, made my day, honestly made my day, <laughs> Which sounds fucking sad that underwear makes my day. But it does. <laughs> um, for any plus size gals out there. If you're in need of. If you've gained weight as well. 
and you're in need of some new underwear, but you don't want to pay fucking 30, 40 bucks for one pair, go to Kmart. I'm going to post this actually on, on Instagram today. If you're listening on Wednesday, I'm going to post it today on the stories and I'll save it. So make sure you like go to the saved stories part. I'm going to post it there. And I'll show you the Kmart undies that I got because they are so stretchy, so comfy. And if you're a plus size gal like me or someone that has gained weight, it's fucking hard trying to find underwear and not spend all your money. That turned into a bit of a tangent. <laughs> so sorry. No, it's just, I just wanted to talk, talk. I know I spoke about this on the, on the Instagram post, but I just wanted to talk about this more on the podcast because it's something I'm struggling with and I hope other people can connect with it as well. The fact that in conclusion, you know, it's not a joke gaining weight during COVID-19 and a lot of people are really struggling right now because of it because their mental health is fucked and now that's affecting their bodies and then how they see their bodies and not fitting into your fucking clothes when you cannot afford to buy other clothes it sucks when you cannot afford to just buy another shirt because your current shirt is too tight around your chest or the sleeves are cutting into your arms like fucking sucks (laughs) really fucking sucks and I hope other people can connect with me with this. I don't, I don't have this positive twist to this story that I'm saying or anything like that. It's just me basically trying to normalize this conversation of gaining weight and not fitting into clothes and how much that can impact your mental health. And I really, getting teary. <laughs> I really hope others can connect with this and I'm not alone. But just know that it's okay. It's okay to gain weight. It's okay to have to do that embarrassing walk of shame back to your wardrobe when a dress that you love no longer fits you. It's okay. It happens to all of us. And please feel free to DM me if you are struggling with similar situation to me. I would love to hear your story. And I'm just, thank you so much for listening to mine. With today's episode of the podcast being all about tone-deaf trends, a particular trend I wanted to look at today was the before and after photo trend that seems to be circulating on social media, in particular Instagram. Now, writer and plus-size model Lacey Drake Christie recently wrote an article for Mamma Mia about this particular trend, and it was very eye-opening because... I have felt very uncomfortable seeing these photos on Instagram for the past several weeks, but I just didn't know how to put into words about why I was feeling uncomfortable. So I decided to give Lacey Jade Christie a ring and have her elaborate on her thoughts on this controversial trend. This is Lacey Jade Christie. My dear, you recently wrote an article about this latest trend that seems to be taken over Instagram, which is these before and after shots but they're not really before and after shots and it's in this body positivity movement can you elaborate on this for those that aren't really across what is happening with all this recently there's been this trend on instagram in particular with um a lot of influencers and i've noticed you know like influencers start doing things and then people who aren't on active on social media they start doing things um where they they're being called out for posting these images next to each other. So 
the first image is always like this really cute curated typical Instagram photo. And then the second image is one that's a less inverted commas flattering version of themselves or a less flattering photo. And it's usually from the same reel because we all have those blooper shots that, you know, cause you take 120 photos and you only post one. And the problem with these photos is that they're usually posted by thin, able-bodied white women who I have an issue with anyway, and not women, thin, able-bodied white women in general, but these women that are coming into the BOPO space, into the body positivity space and trying to claim it as their own. And there is a space for everyone in the body positivity movement, but there's a lack of consideration and a lack of acknowledgement that this space wasn't initially, it wasn't originally intended for them. Mm. Um, And there are people in it that can be triggered by those before and after photos. So I, I think it shows a lack of consideration for other people. The issue, right, it comes when these women usually come from a place of privilege regardless of the kinds of issues they've had with their bodies we all know that society views thin beautiful women more favorably than they do fat women and so when they're posting these photos you have some people being like yes this is so amazing finally some reality on the internet and I got, I got quite angry about it because these photos that they're posting, I do like in some way because they are trying to break down these standards and highlight how fake Instagram is. And that's amazing. And it's about time. It's one step closer to smashing the patriarchy. Mm. But my issue is the before and after, it, it adds a moral value to these photos, right? So you're saying that the one on the left where it's perfectly posed, like this is the good part of me. And then the one on the the right is the bad part, even though they're trying, the point is to try and break down their societal beauty standards. It's still saying, hey, society has a problem with this. And I look at them and everyone's like, you're so brave and you're so amazing. And I'm like, I posted that photo on the right, except I have like three inches more fat than you do. And I get trolled. I get the whale comments and the, oh my God, fatty, you should go get on a treadmill or whatever. And they don't bother me anymore, but like, I don't understand why it's necessary to post the before and after photos because, you know, you're just highlighting the difference, a minute difference in your body. My point is that we should just be posting the real photos all the time rather than the before and after photos. Yeah, exactly. It just feels very, just a bit tone deaf to people in the plus size community because you and I are both plus size. No matter what photo we post, our stomach will never look flat. I'll, we'll always have rolls, no matter how we post the photos. They just live in a privileged body. Like, you know, they can shop anywhere. They don't get told by their doctors that they are overweight, even just by going in for a quick health check, or they don't get told that they can't sit on a certain plane seat because they're too fat or anything like that. Like they live in privileged bodies, whereas we don't. The bodies that we see online of these thin people saying that they're so brave, we don't get that opportunity. We're not called brave. We're just called, oh, you should lose some weight or you're promoting obesity, all that kind of crap. Oh, the promoting obesity is my favorite. I'm like, I'm not an ad. (laughs) I'm a human being. Yeah. Um, You're right. But I do, I do think that it's important to acknowledge that we all grew up in a patriarchal society. Mm. All of us have been told at some point that our body isn't right. And whilst I do like the body positive community, 
I have, I, I'm at odds, I think, with a lot of people in who do what I do when I say that the body positivity community is for everyone. I know plenty of my thin friends have had so many issues with their body. And we know from our own lived experiences that you can't judge what somebody's going through by looking at them. So the size of someone's body is not an indication of their health, of their mental health and of what they've been through. But it is important when coming into a body positive space as a privileged person that you recognize your privilege in that. So I come into the body positivity space realizing that it is a space that was made for black plus size women. And I'm a white able-bodied woman. And I recognize that this space was not originally intended for me. And so I try to elevate the voices of um, people of color who are trying to do the same thing that I'm doing because they were here first. And I think that's really important because we're a community and we support each other. And I think, it's only by lifting each other up that we're going and working together that we're going to be able to do what we want to do, which is have, in my mind, have body neutrality where nobody really cares what kind of body you're in. And you can kind of see that happening in a lot of spaces where it's with sexuality. You know, I think we're not, we're at a, at, we're getting to a point in metropolitan areas at least where people are like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Whatever. You're a lesbian. Like don't mm. care. Um, and that's my goal for, bodies is to be able to go into a doctor and have the doctor say, cool, what's wrong with you? Not, oh, you've got tonsillitis. You need to lose weight, <laughs> which has happened to me before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, it's an infection. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's an easy one, but I think it's a conversation that's definitely worth having because you don't know what's going to trigger people. And I think there's definitely a more, if you want to celebrate your flaws, which is a stupid word. You want to celebrate your body the way it is, regardless of your size. And there is a way to do it without triggering other people. And which is just posting the real photo and saying, hey, this is me. I love myself. Props to my fat sisters and, you know, all the different sisters and siblings for like living in their bodies too. It's an interesting conversation. And I've had a conversa- this conversation with a couple of like, thin influencers um and a couple of people have messaged me because i've been talking about this a lot on my instagram yeah and they've messaged me to say oh i never thought about it like that and i think that's the point is to to start conversation and get people talking because it's only through sharing our own stories that people are going to realize what that what damage stuff like that has but on the flip side it's kind of ridiculous that we have to unburden us we have to share our own emotional trauma to be able and do all that labor to be able to share and get some basic human right. Yeah. And I think the key thing is, is that like what you and I are saying, we're not saying that thin people don't have insecurities, don't have issues with their bodies. Not at all. It's just all about recognizing that you do have a lot of privilege in a thin body. But then at the same time, you and I have privilege as well. Like you said, we're both white, abled women. We both have privilege still with that. So I think it's just important people recognize that by someone saying to you that you have privilege and you need to recognize that that's not someone saying like oh you don't have any issues you don't have any insecurities it's not that at all no. i think it's really important to do work around privilege and to acknowledge your privilege and i tend to spend a lot of my time with i try to spend a lot of time with people from different intersections um because getting to hear their stories not only are my friends amazing people but particularly in the lgbtqa plus community um, getting to hear the stories of my trans and non-binary friends or my friends with disabilities and hearing their stories has really opened my eyes to the amount of privilege that I have. Um, and I know that my, my more privileged friends, not more privileged than me, but my friends that are privileged, regardless of whether it's body size or 
with economy or being cisgendered. All of us, the language that we use when we're discussing difficult topics. I was having a conversation the other day with a friend about words that I saw in a video that I found triggering. And when I discussed the person in with, when I discussed the words with the person in the video, she said to me, but I identify as that. So they were derogatory slurs, but she had used them to reclaim them. Like we use fat and queer. But for me, I found those words so triggering. And so I said to my friends, I know I don't belong to this intersection, but I find these words triggering and I don't know how to deal with this. Um, So I don't know how to address the situation. And so I went and spoke to the the person who was in the video and I was like, hey, I'm really sorry, but this is what's going on in my head. And I was just wondering if you could explain to me why you use those words. Um, And then she took the time to say, you know, I'm reclaiming them and I'm owning them. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. So having this open dialogue with all different types of people is really liberating and educational. And I think it's something everyone should do. That was myself speaking with writer and plus-size model Lacey Jade Christie. To read Lacey's article, make sure you head on over to today's show notes. And her Mamma Mia article will be in there. And also, make sure you give her a follow on her Instagram page at Lacey Jade Christie. We're nearing to the end of this week's episode of The Catch-Up. And for our last topic, this one is... Definitely a very tone-deaf trend that really, really needs to just stop already. It needs to end. It needs to go in the bin, okay? It's 2020. Too much shit has already happened. How about we have at least one good thing happen this year, and that be that this god-awful trend finally ends. And that trend I am talking about is gender reveal parties. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I need a deep dive on this shit. Anyway, earlier this month, this family held a gender reveal party in California. And according to reports, the family used a smoke-generating pyrotechnic device, which then ignited a wildfire, which then led to the burning of 10,000 acres of land in California. So this accident sparked a conversation across the media, across the world, about gender reveal parties. And are they really necessary in 2020? Firstly, I don't know about you, but when I know that a loved one is going to have a baby, I don't really care if they are growing a little tiny vulva or a little tiny penis. I don't care. Look, right now, they're just a little potato sack in the middle of the belly right now. It's as if, like, it gives people the excuse to push all these gender stereotypical ideas and dreams they have if they know what the gender is going to be. So that's why they have this whole big announcement thing so then they can let out their affirmations about the gender. Like, if it's a boy, we could play baseball together. We could do all the sports. He'll be so tough. He'll be so strong. And if it's a girl, she'll be so pretty. She'll be so kind. She'll be so lovely. I can get her all the dolls. I can dress her up in all the dresses. It's just like, mate, it's 2020. Firstly, like, who thinks that only girls want to dress up in dresses and only boys want to play sports? Like, who who still thinks that? Who? Because those ideals are so old-fashioned. Why should we promote them with these stupid fucking gender reveal parties? I'm going to share with you all something by the wonderful Clementine Ford. She spoke about gender reveal parties in one of her chapters in her book, Boys We Boys. Highly recommend that you read it. 
I'm gonna read you a paragraph from her book about gender reveal parties because she just she gets it. She says it so eloquently about why gender reveal parties are so fucked up. I'm gonna find a page here. I had a page. I had a page. Okay. All right. You ready? You ready for this? You ready to all this knowledge? All right. So. Aside from being a manifestation of capitalist ideals and the showcasing of a certain kind of individual affluence, seriously, how many parties are people entitled to throw to celebrate something that basically only impacts their own life, the whole premise of a gender reveal is flawed, cisnormative, and if you consider how dodgy it would be to sit around with your friends and discuss the junk of born children, also kind of unethical. Parties like this should really be called genitalia reveals because they invite a community to assign an entire identity to an unborn child on the extremely basic and arguably deceptive premise of what those children are still in the process of growing between their legs. I had to slam the book for the effect. But yes, as Clementine said, let's just get gender reveal parties away from us. They are transphobic. They are sexist. Let's stop it. So I asked all of you to tell me your thoughts on gender reveal parties, just so this segment wasn't just me ranting like normal. And I've kept these all anonymous, but here are some thoughts some of you had about gender reveal parties. Many of you said that they are outdated, heteronormative bullshit. God damn you hetero people. They, some of you have said that it is a, they are a waste of time and waste of money. I love this one. Someone said, they're weird as fuck and how men celebrate with their mates when it's a boy, vomit. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. If it's a boy and it's just like, yeah, mate, yeah, you got a boy. Oh, he's got a pretty boy. He's got a boy. He's got a lad. I, I don't know what they say. I kind of just like force myself not to listen to that bullshit. Someone messaged me and said their wife was transitioning to become a man. And they said that for them, it's a fucking no over here for gender reveal parties. Another follower also perfectly put it that gender reveal parties were unnecessary and contributes to societal norms concerning sex and gender. Yes, yes, yes. That is 100% true. And also one of my beloved TNWC followers, who I just adore, I think she said the greatest remark of all about gender reveal parties. She said that when she came out as transgender, she should have just had a gender reveal party to show the hypocrisy of gender reveal parties. Like, yes! Here for that. And I also had a listener of the show sent in a voice memo to express their feelings on gender reveal parties. Alana is a longtime fan of the Nazi Woman Club. She has been such a big supporter of the platform and her son is transgender. So she decided to share her thoughts on the controversial matter. Gender reveals weren't really a thing yet when I was pregnant in 2003. Even if they were, I wouldn't have done one anyway, not because of my thoughts on the gender binary, but to me it would have been something that was considered like a rich person's thing and and, uh, we didn't have a lot of money and I could only afford the bare essentials. So even then something like that wouldn't have been really an option for us. Um, But I'd always just thought that kind of stuff was just, you know, harmless fun and your parents are excited about their baby and are going to celebrate it in in as many ways as they can and 
I never really thought that there was anything wrong with it. And then, of course, my son came out as trans and it was a steep learning curve about how your social standards around gender binaries, how it impacts the community and trans people and non-binary people and, and everyone on that spectrum and, and how it helps perpetuate these these standards which hurt uh, a lot of people and make it difficult for a lot of people to exist in society. And I do know as a parent with a child going through transition that now I see these things, I see, see these gender reveal parties and things and uh, I, I always think quietly to myself, I'm a bit sanctimonious, you know, so, oh, that's what you think but you don't know <laughs> and I just I just always have a little sort of internal joke with myself about, oh, you think that now, um, you know, gender reveal parties and people go excessively pink or excessively blue and even down to, you know, parents excitedly getting their kids' names tattooed on them and I just can't help but think, oh, my gosh, no, 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 what are you doing? Thank you so much, Alana, for sending in that voice memo about your thoughts on gender reveal parties. And thank you, everyone else, that has DM'd me their perspectives and opinions on this controversial trend. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a five-star review. The Nasty Woman Club is still a small business, so every review helps. If you want to show your extra love and support for the show, make sure you head on over to the Nasty Woman Club's PayPal account. Every dollar helps, keeps this show running. For more stories on the world of intersectional feminism, head on over to thenastywomanclub.com or the Nasty Woman Club Instagram and Facebook pages. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and I will see you all on Friday for another episode of The Nasty Woman Club.